was young, before I came on Aliyah to Israel, I found it difficult to connect with the festival of Purim. It was only when I came to Israel and really entered into the spirit of things as we do it here, keeping the mitzvot of Purim, reading the Megillah, the book of Esther, holding a Purim festive meal and giving presents of food to our friends and charities to the poor, that I began to enjoy the festival of Purim. However, I did still find the rather enforced happiness a bit difficult to cope with. Until I learnt the inner meaning of poem according to the Kabbalah, and then it all fell into place. One of the most puzzling sayings of all connected with poem comes from the Gemara. A man is obliged to drink on poem until he does not know the difference between cursed as Haman and blessed as Mordechai. Haman, of course, is the wicked persecutor of the Jews at the time the story of Esther takes place in the empire of Persia. Mordechai is the spiritual leader of the Jewish community at the time. Rabbi Baruch Shalom Halevi Ashlag, the first-born son of the Bala Sulam, the great Kabbalist, wrote many articles on the subject of poem and its customs and looking at their inner meaning according to the Kabbalah. He wrote an article actually based on this very saying, a man is obliged to drink on poem until he doesn't know the difference between cursed is Haman and blessed is Mordechai. His first point. The first thing we have to do is to try to discover for ourselves what is the difference between Haman and Mordechai. And we need to know that before we can get to obliterating that difference. And furthermore, we need to understand why that obliterating is a high stage which we can only achieve on poem and not at other times of the year. Before he gets into his answer, he adds a further component for us to consider. The Sabbath before Poem is called Shabbat Zachor, the Sabbath of Remembrance. And this is because the sages of the Talmud instituted that on this Sabbath, we add to the regular reading of the law, we read the portion of the Torah which goes as follows. From Deuteronomy chapter 25 verse 17. Remember what Amalek did to you when you came out of Egypt, how he met you by the way and he smote you from behind, the weakest of you, and you were tired and weary. He did not have fear of God. And therefore, when the Lord your God has given you rest from your enemies and you are round about in the land which the Lord your God gives you for inheritance to possess it, then you shall blot out the memory of Amalek from under the heaven. Don't forget. This commandment of blotting out Amalek is actually a commandment we are obliged to fulfil every day of the year. So why did the rabbis put this reading right next to the story of Purim? One of the answers is, of course, that Haman was from the family of Agag, who was from the Amalek tribe. So that could be one solution. But there is a deeper reason also. In order to understand these questions, we first need to consider the purpose of creation, going right back to the very beginning. The purpose of creation is to give pleasure to all the creatures. Now, in order for the purpose of creation to give pleasure to all the creatures that God wants to give us, God had to create a vessel called the will to receive that pleasure. 
The pleasure that he wants to give us needs to be given whole. That is to say that the goodness that the Creator gives us needs to be whole and that we should not feel at the time of receiving the goodness any aspect of embarrassment or feeling ashamed. The reason we feel ashamed if we receive good without having given anything for it is because every branch wants to be like its spiritual root. That's, that's a spiritual law. And therefore, we want to be giving just as the Creator gives. So there occurred an early event in the unfolding of the worlds, which is known as the Tzimtzum, such that the light can only come now to the vessel when it is in affinity of form. That is to say, it is receiving the light of God only for the sake of allowing him to give to us and not for the sake of the receiving itself. And this is called the Tikkun of the creation. That is to say, the rectification of creation. Whereas receiving for oneself alone causes separation from the light. Now, receiving when it's only with the intention of giving to God is the situation of the tzaddik, the righteous one. He receives from God only because he wants to be partners with him in allowing him to fulfill the purpose of creation. He receives from him because only this way does he know that that purpose can be fulfilled. If he receives for the sake of giving to one's fellow, this achieves the same purpose. As the sages have said, if you fulfill a commandment, happy are you that you've turned the scale for the world to the side of merit. So when we act for the sake of our fellow, it is as if we are acting for the Creator. We are partners with him in helping him to bring through the purpose of creation. This is the way of Mordechai. Mordechai the Jew, he's called. Mordechai the Righteous One. And so on poem we say, Blessed is Mordechai. But the way of Haman is the opposite. His idea is, since the Creator created the world in order to give goodness to his creatures, we see that there is in our nature the will to receive pleasure and joy. Why did the Creator create this will? Shouldn't we be using it? If he created in us the desire for pleasure, we should receive it. There's nothing wrong in receiving for ourselves alone. This is the way of Haman. He maintains that the way of Mordechai is incorrect. Since God created the vessels, it must be right to use them. Otherwise, you're just an idiot. You're just a friar, that they say in Israel. Somebody who allows the world to trample on you. And this is what it says in the book of Esther. And all the servants of the king, who were at the gate of the king, knelt down and bowed down to Haman, because that was what the king had commanded. According to the inner meaning of the Kabbalah, this sentence means that all the people understood that the way of Haman was right, because the king, that is to say the Holy Blessed One, created this vessel of receiving in order to give pleasure to the creatures and therefore should be used as such. But Mordechai, as we know in the story, was the only one. He did not bow down to Haman. 
He said, no, we are not meant to receive for ourselves alone. That causes separation between us and the Creator. We are only allowed to receive if we can receive for the sake of giving. And if we can't receive for the sake of giving, then it's better not to receive at all, just to concentrate on giving. And that is the way of Mordechai. The sages asked the question, where in the Torah is the name of Haman mentioned? And the answer is surprising. Right in the very beginning, in the book of Genesis. The Hebrew is, Hamin ha'etz asher tziviticha l'virti echol mimenu achalta. And in English, have you eaten from the tree that I told you not to eat from it? And I'm sure you recognize where that comes from. It's God asking Adam what's happened. Has he eaten from the tree of knowledge that he was told not to eat from it? And the word that opens that sentence, Hamin, is the same letters as the name Haman. Well, we have learnt that the essence of the tree of knowledge of good and evil is the essence of the will to receive. And when Adam and Eve were enticed by the snake to eat from it, they inquired within themselves this huge vessel of receiving for themselves alone. But eating from this tree caused separation from the Creator. The way of Haman that is, receiving for oneself alone, is a cursed way, a way which causes separation. We say cursed is Haman. It does not bring blessing. So now we see that our first work is within ourselves. We need to know and distinguish which is the way of Haman which is receiving for ourselves alone, and which is cursed, and which is the receiving for the sake of giving, which is blessed. Can we distinguish that within ourselves? Can we say, oh, when I receive like this, it's the way of Haman, but when I receive like that, it's the way of Mordechai. It's not easy. There are steps, spiritual steps, that we take to go from the default consciousness of this world, which is receiving for ourselves alone, to come to the ultimate, which is receiving for the sake of giving. The first step is to let go of the receiving altogether. The next step is to concentrate just on giving. There are steps, how we get there. And these steps that we take are part of what's called the tikkunabriya, the rectification of creation, the work that we do in our lives to bring finally the purpose of creation into fruition. At the beginning of the article, Rav Baruch Hashlag also brings the question of the commandment of blotting out of Amalek. Again, it's a similar idea. The way of Amalek is the way of disbelief. Amalek is doubt. Amalek is, I don't believe. Amalek is, I only believe rationale, things which are logical, 
have rationale to them. We need to recognise it for what it is. We need to recognise where we act from that place that we demand certainty. Only then we can blot it out and go the way of faith. Now, this is the way we need to act. So the way of Mordechai is the way of the tikkun of creation. The way of bringing the world to a higher level by not receiving for ourselves alone, which causes separation, but receiving only for the sake of giving. And all of us, all through the centuries, all the souls join together in this work until all the aspects of receiving are brought into the framework of receiving only for the sake of giving, only for the sake of giving pleasure to God in that he can now fulfill his purpose. When all that is accomplished, that is called the Gemar HaTikun, the final redemption. The end of the Tikkun, when all the worlds will all go up in consciousness together. Now, normally in our daily life, we have to wait. We have to wait for the end of the Tikkun. We have to wait for this great light to come, may it come soon. But there is one day in the year when this light of the Gemara Tikkun shines out in wholeness and completeness, and that is on Purim. On this day, this light shines out. It's the light of the Gemara Tikkun. And on that day, it is true. There is no difference between Haman and Mordechai because every aspect of Haman who caused separation and who causes separation in the aspects of our lives is brought into the way of Mordechai. All of it is brought into Tikkun and all Haman's receiving is transformed for good. And this is the inner meaning of Purim. I truly hope that we join together all Am Yisrael and have a very happy festival.